From a small town in Arkansas to Hollywood Starlet. Stay tuned here at Book Circle Online as we delve into the wild, wild life of 1950s pinup queen Jeannie Carmen. Stay tuned. This is Book Circle Online, featuring in depth discussion, insight, news, and commentary on all the world's leading book titles and their authors. And now, Book Circle Online. Hi, and welcome back to another edition of Book Circle Online. I'm your host, Katerina Kazayas, and it is my pleasure today to be welcoming to our studios Brandon James, author of the new book, Jeannie Carmen, My Wild Wild Life, and joined by his sister, Jade. Hi, welcome to the program. Hi, how are you? Now, what I want to make sure that the audience knows is not only, Brandon, are you the author of this new biography on Jeannie Carmen, but you are also her son. Yeah. And you're the daughter. I'm the daughter. And this is what is going to be a really cool program because we're getting the behind-the-scenes look at the real Jeannie Carmen. Jeannie was my mom. She was an actress. She was a pinup model. She was a trick shot golfer. She was a great mom. She was so many things. So, many so things. when I was trying to come up with a name for the book, I, you know, it's hard to come up with the perfect name to fit what your life was really all about. Right. And she told so many wild stories, crazy stories. Mm-hmm fun stories and she was so far ahead of her time that I just thought my wild wild life absolutely was going to be perfect well she she for uh, for those of you that may not be as familiar with Jeannie Carmen as others she was um, she has become part of Hollywood mythology she ran in Hollywood during the 50s in the heyday of Hollywood had over 20 movies between the years 1951 1961 and uh, really was linked to some of Hollywood's Best leading man, man. We're talking Frank Sinatra, Elvis, Howard Hughes, Clark Gable, uh, the Kennedy brothers, um, and and also best known for being uh, one of Marilyn Monroe's best friends. So wildlife, indeed. Oh yeah, without a doubt. And she was proud of proud of everything she did. She never regretted anything she did. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I loved about her is when she would talk about Hollywood, she never felt victimized by anybody. She loved being a sex sure, symbol. Sure. Yeah. She had fun with it, and she never regretted anything. Well, which made her ahead of her time. You know, what I mean, it made her a woman ahead of her time. Yes, absolutely. And we saw that. I mean, you see it decades later with Pamela Anderson, but that took thirty years. Oh yeah, and absolutely. she had you know, great too. friends that she kept, like Tony Curtis right. mm-hmm. and Ted Knight. She used to take me when Ted Knight had his own the little talk show with the girls on the, the right. series Too Close for Comfort. Okay, yeah, yeah. She used to take me. We used to hang out in his dressing room, eat with the whole cast. Oh. And Tony Curtis and Howard Koch, the right. producer, we saw Airplane being filmed. We went with him, and That's... my mom had some cool Hollywood friends that she kept till the end. Absolutely. I want to uh, share with our viewers some of the photos of Jeannie Carmen before we get started so they can get a visual of uh, the icon that we're talking about. So here we go. We're going to cue this up in just a minute. And uh, this one, explain this one here. I think it's up for our viewers now. This is one of her glamour shots, the black and white photography that they don't really do anymore. Mm. And it just captures her face and her beauty and her platinum blonde hair. She started out with actually black hair. That was her natural hair color. Mm -hmm. And when she first started modeling and first came to Hollywood, she was playing senoritas all the time. Okay, right. Uh, Latina, right. Mm -hmm. Tough Latinas. And she was. She was a tough girl, too. (laughs) And uh, so she decided to get away from that. She would go platinum, the exact opposite. And it worked. Mm -hmm. And that's hard because most girls don't really do well with platinum hair. Well, you know, I was going to say we stream on um, on audio as well. So for anyone listening on podcast, I'm sorry you're missing these photos because they're going to be great. But just know that we're looking at a beautiful photo of her as a blonde right now. Uh, Let's take a look at the next one. So there's there's an icon. This is one of my favorite ones. Right. That's That's one of my favorite ones, too. And you look at the way she dressed Mm -hmm. in the 1950s. She was so far ahead of her time. Her Her outfits look modern. They look like something rock stars today would wear. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think young girls have connected with her and young people. The only other person that's achieved the same thing was Betty Page. She was another pinup girl in the 50s. They were actually underground at the time because they were so risque. But now her clothes fit in now better than they did back then. Well, this one almost looks like a Vogue uh, fa- yeah. fashion shoot. And it was so crazy. We kind of look alike, and everyone will call me Little Carmen through life. Mm-hmm. I don't look good as a blonde, though. 
My mom looked good as a brunette and a mm-hmm. blonde. Did you see some of her brunette Her pictures? brunette shots. Mm-hmm. Oh, she looked great as both, yeah. but I don't look good as a blonde. It's weird. Well, you know you know what I love about the book, um, and we're going to continue just flipping through these photos as, uh, as I talk over them. She Here's a picture of her and Elvis, so we have to stop here. That's a great that's one. That's the best one. <laughs> yeah, that's the night my mom met Elvis. She was at a party here in Beverly Hills. It was a Halloween party. Mm-hmm. And she had just uh, finished a movie called Untamed Youth, which okay. was a rock and roll movie. Mm-hmm. It had just been released. And it starred a rival of Elvis's. His name was Eddie Cochran. Okay. He was in the first wave of American rock stars. Elvis was actually filming Jailhouse Rock at the time. Oh, wow. So he already knew that my mom was in this rock and roll movie. So he was like, wow, that's not only is that awesome, <laughs> she was from a poor town in the South just like as was he right and that's something that makes people connect right away you know you're from canada you meet somebody from canada you have something in common that you can talk right away so she had that with elvis and she made that out she had that outfit made and forever i went to a tailor when i was in high school and i brought that picture and I had to make me one in leopard, but it was cute. Well, that one, there'll never be one as the original. Wow. But it was cute, and I have pictures. I was wearing one in leopard and had the little headband. You know, with um, with the book, the way it's outlined, and again, uh, I want to talk about the book. She, really, what I got out of it is that she had four sort of distinct parts of her life. So she had her, her youth, which is an interesting story in itself. Her move to fame, which was Hollywood, Vegas, New York. And then she had sort of the, the hidden years when Marilyn was killed. She was told by the mob, you better get out of town. We're going to get into all of this over the course of this hour. Uh, but finally, she made the move back. She left California. She went out to Arizona. She made the move back out to California and, and suddenly found herself in the limelight again and was hobnobbing with the likes of, you know, um, Donald Trump and uh, some of Hollywood's current stars, Tom Hanks and whatnot. She had a so, kid, though, in Arizona. She had a kid, Jay, born in Arizona? Yeah, I was born in Arizona. I'm the only one that was born in Arizona. Then we came, all came back to California and never went back. How was it being a daughter of somebody with this kind of fame? It was exciting because I was from Arizona, so it was different for me. I was like an out-of-towner. It was really exciting. What about for you? So after Marilyn was killed and my mom, and there's so much to the story, it's hard to right. just start. We're, we're sort of jumping. Right. You know what? I'm yeah. going to pause you because okay. I want to go a little bit in succession, okay. and and, my, and and I thank you for that. We're still looking at some pictures here of Jeannie, so you can see how she These? fit that role. Kind of before Playboy, these were Mm -hmm. all the little men's magazines that these models would do, and they were like predecessors to Playboy. Okay, yeah. And Hefner wanted my mom to be in Playboy many times, but at that time, if you went full nude, it could really affect your career. Mm -hmm. As far as making movies, which is probably why Betty Page never got to actually make movies, Mm -hmm. so she never went that far, but... Mm -hmm. Hef knew all about her. He loved her. And then right. she saw him again. Well, I've seen pictures yeah. of her and Hef later in their 60s and 70s, yeah. which is very, very cool. She, he wanted her to be in like the later women, which yeah. she wouldn't have done. <laughs> well, even though she was like, she was, she was classy. Right. Always class A act. Well, right? even though she still had an awesome body, mm-hmm. even when yeah, she was she, like, she said, look, if, in this modern day and age, she probably would have done it. But she said, if I didn't do it in my 20s. She said, if you can look, you can look, but you can't touch. Right. (laughs) Uh, Let's take a look at a few more of these pictures. So Mm -hmm. she was also an avid golfer. Mm -hmm. Had this great side career as a golfer, which gave her a certain level of respect, Mm -hmm. especially among men, because it's really a man's sport, pretty much. And that rose her above just being a pretty girl. Right. So once she could talk golf with people, they were just like, whoa, this is awesome. And it gave her great legs, great butt. You know, in sure. those days, people didn't really work out like they do today. That wasn't did a part of the legs. culture. So and being an athlete was a form of working out. Absolutely. What's the next one? I think we've got one more golf shot. There we go. The yeah, that's when she looked like So, me. I mean, she graced magazine covers oh, because yeah. of both her looks and her skill, right? And very few women get on golf magazines. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. She was on one in France just a few years ago. I, I mean, love around that the world. This is a great picture, yeah. So, you know, that was a shot taken in New York, in Forest Hills, I think in Queens. And again, for our audio view, uh, listeners, this is a picture of Jeannie as a brunette on the cover of Golf Magazine. So let me just, a little brief rundown here. So the timeline, born in Paragould, Arkansas, okay, mm-hmm. which was out 
in the middle of nowhere right. at the end of a dirt road <laughs> some of these country dirt roads yeah. they actually end somewhere and sure. there was a little house out there in the middle of the woods that's where she grew up no electricity no plumbing mm -hmm. outhouse <laughs> and she just i have seen pictures of her with her family and she just so beautiful like where did this person come from you she could didn't just tell she was, there. she was meant for something yeah. bigger you know kind of like you know the beverly hillbillies they had that one super pretty daughter and you know like tv shows like where that. like there's always one person <laughs> that you think how did this yeah it was like that. it's like they were meant to be so she leaves arkansas at what age i'm um, 13 very young 13. i went to st louis and then from there she met a man who an opera singer who was in a traveling show who became her first husband he invited her to new york she uh, went to new york city got in a play with Bert Lahr, who was the Cowardly Lion from The Wizard of Oz. Okay. He gave her her first part in a Broadway play. And they went out on a tour around the country on a train uh, playing in theaters around America. Amazing. My mom liked Italian guys. The first husband and the second husband were Italian. <laughs> we're Italian. Half. There you go. So from the modeling thing, then the modeling thing took off in New York, which was all those little magazine mm -hmm. covers, pinup covers. Yeah. And then she had this call on a modeling assignment to model some golf clothes for this professional trick shot golfer named Jack Redman. She went to his studio just to be a pretty girl to model some clothes. He put a little ball on a tee in New York. They have golfing uh, little studios like where you do drive the ball, okay. but they're like indoors. Yeah. So they have a giant drape up and you drive the ball into the drape. and. As a joke, he put it down and said, here, hit this. And she hit it so good that it knocked the drape down. And he's like, wow, this is amazing. And he's realized that it, it, she would make a great sidekick for his show. And so she became. Yeah. They so. used to fleece old men out of money. Like, you, you think this girl can do that? And they would say, no, give me some money. Boom, boom. <laughs> she would go. Okay, so let me, just what you're talking, you're talking about the golfing, but that was later with the mafia. So here's how this all transpired. Yeah, continue with her story, because it's so great to chronicle th it. This is all happening in New York, very young age. Mm -hmm. She's getting in newspaper articles, all talking about this incredible golfing talent. And Jack goes out on the road with her as his sidekick, mm -hmm. doing these shows at country clubs, kind of like they still do nowadays, you know, with basketball and pool and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So her husband decided to tag along, who was an Italian hothead uh. and a very jealous guy and didn't like Jack, thought Jack was using her, da-da-da-da, mm. had all these ideas about being her manager. That's where we get our hothead. <laughs> so they were down in Florida. They're on a diner outside one of the main roads outside Miami, and Jack, and they went to a diner late at night. Jack and Sandy, who was her first husband, get in a fight, start pushing each other, Jack says, I'm done with you. You're on your own. He jumps in his car, takes off, leaves them in the parking lot. Right. So they go up onto the highway to start hitchhiking. This sedan pulls over, and it turns out to be this mobster named Johnny Roselli, mm. who worked for Sam Giancana, who was the head of the Chicago mob. So Sandy, being a braggart, starts telling this guy about Jeannie's amazing golf skills, and the guy's like, wow, just looking at you, okay. if you didn't know, you wouldn't know. And that's when the light bulb went off. And that's said, when they knew they could fleece old men. He was like, oh, we're going to bring you to Vegas <laughs> so you can, like, con these old guys yeah, in exactly. these golf matches. But first, got to get rid bucks. of your husband. So <laughs> they got rid of Sandy. She went to Vegas with Johnny, yeah. and she spent a year or so doing this. And that's where she met Frank Sinatra. Mm-hmm. And she dated Frank Sinatra after he had broken up with Ava Gardner, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So Frank liked really fiery women. Mm. And when she first met Frank, she had the dark brown hair. Mm. And she looked a lot like Ava. Mm -hmm. And they were similar in temperament. Ava was from the South. And Frank liked women that would challenge him. He uh -huh. didn't like women that, you know, that were in No whims. Yeah. No whims. He liked So he women. liked her right off the bat. And he's the one that told her that she should come to Hollywood and get rid of Johnny. Because okay. Frank knew Johnny. Frank knew people in the mob. He knew Johnny was bad and that it would lead to a bad end if mm. she stayed with him. So. And yet she comes to Hollywood. Mm -hmm. She has her career, mm -hmm. but ends up keeping in contact with Johnny later on okay. in life, doesn't she? Mm -hmm. A little bit. Absolutely. What happens when she comes to Hollywood? 
she comes to Hollywood and she just becomes like a party girl, mm -hmm. making movies, sure. doing modeling, independent, living her own life. You know well, what I mean? We have a, a cool clip of um, uh, one called Have Gun Will Travel. I want to show this. Uh, so again, people can have a have a sense of Jeannie in uh, on the screen. After almost 20 years as a suburban housewife in Phoenix, Jeannie received a phone call. Johnny told me that I could come out of hiding. Yeah, we've got we've got the audio mixed up here. Sorry about that, folks, but that's okay. This is what happens when you uh, have so many options in terms of filming. Uh, but what we are looking at, for those of you listening, is uh, a clip of Jeannie. What year was this, do you think? I would say this is... Black and white? Because she has her blonde hair, I would say probably 57 or 58. Okay, yeah, yeah. And and as I mentioned earlier, she made uh, almost 20 movies between mm -hmm. 1950 and 1960. She always thought of herself, though, as a model... Mm -hmm. who got made a few movies so she never thought of herself as, as an, an actress, actress. Uh -huh. you know even today a lot of hot models they sure. try hollywood producers try to talk them into being movies and they'll usually be in a few sure. kate upton was just recently in a movie with cameron diaz but that's not really their passion she thought of herself as a model that's the way she identified now, herself now jade you were telling me you've done some acting before in the past did when you I take that gene from your mom i did and even if you don't I did, but then I got out of it later in life. Okay. But, you know, my mom, even when she was in her 60s and I was in high school, she did a, a play, the Peter Pan play. She did a play here in L.A. In her 60s, she was driving here in her little Mercedes from Orange County every night. She was doing a play, and Charlton Heston was doing a play in the next theater right next door. And she, in her 61, right. she was still doing plays. And she was the star of that play. It was a Peter Pan play. It was about Peter Pan, this play in okay. Santa Monica. And Michael Jackson came to it because he had always been fascinated by Peter Pan. Yeah. So he came to this little wow. theater off cool. Santa Monica Boulevard. Yeah, it was like, really, really cool. Yeah. And so you met Michael Jackson? No, we weren't. Oh, we were, I was we like, wow. Yeah, that did. My mom time. did. Wow. Oh, yeah. So, mm -hmm. yeah. That would so, have been cool. So then she's in Hollywood. And how did she, how did she um, end up meeting... Elvis, you said, at the costume party. Mm -hmm. Was that before or after Sinatra? That was after. Okay. After, mm -hmm. so... My mom always said that there's no way to actually comprehend mm -hmm. how big Frank Sinatra was, how many people were in awe of him, mm -hmm. how many other celebrities that were huge saw Frank as being bigger than them. Mm -hmm. She said the the power of Frank was unbelievable. And other men were like blown away like when she would say she knew Frank Sinatra yeah. it was like oh my god well, and, and they and, wanted to hear about Frank sure and I want to make this clear to the audience as well as not only did she know Frank she was with Frank oh yeah, yeah. she did Frank right she yeah. did Frank and she did Elvis <laughs> not too many not women can you, say that not too many women can say not that not too many women can say that talk to me a little bit about how she met Marilyn she met Marilyn Monroe at a bar near the actor's studio in yeah. the mid-50s. Mm -hmm. And she, Marilyn was making a movie called Niagara, Upstate. Mm -hmm. And she was dating Joe DiMaggio at the time. So during the shoot, there was a couple weekends where she came down to the city to see Joe. Okay. Who was, you know, with his baseball buddies, always doing his own thing. So Marilyn was checking out the actor's studio with Lee Strasberg. She wanted... Mm -hmm to go to being a serious actress. Okay. She was just kind of like the pretty girl who was becoming famous. And she wasn't that famous when they first met. Marilyn's fame kind of blew up after Niagara, so this mm -hmm. was right before Niagara. Okay. So my mom had been studying with Lee Strasberg since her early modeling days. Lee wanted her to be in the actress, so he wanted her to pursue acting, but okay. she liked being a model more. She didn't really like, didn't have that passion mm -hmm. to like say, oh, I wanna study acting 24 seven. But she was going down to the actress studio to take uh, take a class with Lee. Went into a bar and she saw this girl sitting at the bar, and she thought, "Oh, I'm going to sit next to her so all the guys don't bug me right, while right. I study my lines." I'm going to I'm going to stop you right there okay. because we actually have a clip of your mom talking about this story that I'd yeah. love to share so that the audience can get it from her. So give us one second again. We're going to pull that up. Oh no, this is actually we're going to do Mar this. memories of Marilyn. Okay, we can watch this one. Yeah. <laughs> There's that famous scream. For 10 years, Jeannie Carmen screamed, danced, and fought her way through dozens of cheapy Hollywood flicks. I hate tramps, male or female. Now get out of here. 
Her impressive body of work made her the queen of the B-movies and a first-class cult figure. He said, how did you do it, baby? I said, it wasn't easy, baby. In the next hour, we will tell you the incredible story of Jeannie Carmen, whose life plays out like a See, I mean, she back. looked fantastic what? even into no, her 70s. Absolutely. She mm -hmm. was a hick beauty queen, a Broadway chorus girl, a stunning pinup. It's like having sex, actually. She was she a was mobster's like... girlfriend. Just as I walked up, he tosses this guy over the top of the Sands Hotel. She was a trick shot golfer extraordinaire and probably the only woman to share a bed with Sinatra, Elvis, and the wicked, wicked Errol Flynn. Yeah. And I see his bedroom with a bed right underneath with a whole orgy of naked people. Jeannie was also a dangerously close friend of Marilyn Monroe and the Kennedys. She was told that she would end up in a body bag like Marilyn if she didn't keep her lips zipped up leave town if you like your star there we go spicy so my wild wild life i see now why you titled the book that way oh absolutely and you mentioned errol flynn she gave errol flynn golfing lessons he's <laughs> the one that brought her up to his house one day and you know instead of like saying oh i've got this nice younger pretty girl i'm gonna try to make out with her errol had to make everything bigger and weirder so, you know, he had the orgy going on. And he's going to surprise his date with. I, I was going to say, right? There, there's a reason it's called Hollywood. Well, it has this aura about it. But my mom wasn't into that, I told right. you. She was, even though she liked to show it off, she was a classy lady. And the title of my book is kind of paying homage to um, Errol Flynn, too, because mm -hmm. his autobiography was called My Wicked, Wicked Life, or My Wicked, Wicked Ways. Right. Which is an awesome title, too. So, And that's why, like, he was like, I'm not going to be ashamed of who I am. I'm going to say who I am. And that's why we named it that. Now, I am going to go cut into this clip um, with Marilyn, with your mom talking about how she met Marilyn. Because your mom also believes that Marilyn was murdered, mm -hmm. not that she committed suicide. Oh, absolutely. So I want to talk about that after we take a look at this clip from um, Memories of Marilyn. Is this the one? I don't know. If this it wouldn't have been around midnight. Oh, no. No, yeah, no, this no, is the one no, with the ambulance not. driver. I think mm -hmm. it was the one. Yeah. Did you then go into Marilyn's bedroom? So the, yeah, this is a clip. This is a clip of her discussing she when she had found out. No, this clip is from the. She's on the same show, but mm -hmm. this is Marilyn's doctor, personal doctor. Right. Right. Okay. I don't recall exactly what Who is saying he didn't give her the pills? Mm -hmm. That was found in her system. And Marilyn had called my mom that night wanting pills. Well, my mom didn't have it. Dr. Engelberg here is saying, I didn't give her the pills. Mm -hmm. My mom didn't give her the pills either. No one. And you know, the, the interesting thing is today is the anniversary of the death of Marilyn Monroe. 54 years. And you have just come from that ceremony this yeah, morning. Yeah, we were over in Westwood yeah, this we were morning. In Westwood. They do a little service at the chapel every year. And we're there every year. 54 years, you said, since her um, death? Not that we 54 years. years. Yes. No, not you, but... <laughs> yeah. And people are still talking about it, mm -hmm. still trying to figure out what happened. Mm -hmm. Talk to me. Sorry, we interrupted how they met. And so she's sitting at the bar, sees a dark-haired lady that she wants to sit down with while she's working on her acting. Do you have that clip? Or do you want to... I think we do. If we can pull up Memories of Marilyn... But I'm glad you just showed Marilyn's doctor saying with his right. own mouth, sure. I didn't give her those pills. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And neither did my mom. Right. So. And, and so. But it's a, it was in her system. Mm. So. Yeah. They and the came thing from is, somewhere. Right. Absolutely. The thing is that um, they became close friends and they were both blondes. I'm sure it was a heck of a time for them here in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. No, I they, know because it wasn't like. And back in those days when the the, the photographers right. were out and stuff, you know, they didn't want to get in it with all the friends. They wanted all the all the publicity for mm -hmm. themselves. So with Marilyn and my mom, the, the period where they became the closest was after Eight she 18. divorced Arthur Miller, she mm -hmm. moved back to Hollywood to a building right off of Doheny and Sunset, okay. 882 North Doheny. Still there, Frank Sinatra owned the building. There was like five apartments in this little building on the corner. For and, his friends and, and his ladies. Frank, that's how big Frank was. He kept an apartment complex for his girlfriends <laughs> and his buddies. A whole yeah. complex. Oh, yeah, because oh, Frank was. didn't really like girls spending the whole night with him. 
for whatever reason. Because so, he could have whoever he wanted. So, you know, at, when you at a have certain the pick. point, Frank would have his driver, George Jacobs, yeah. drive them back to 882 Dahini. Mm-hmm. So George, who was Frank's uh, valet, personal valet, which is like a personal assistant, okay. that's what they called him back then, for 10 years during the Rat Pack era had a room in Frank's house in Palm Springs, Beverly Hills, and he also had an apartment at 882. Mm-hmm. So he would, and and George wrote about this in his book, his autobiography. And my mom, lived, they lived next door to each other at 882. But she moved, when she died, she had already been six months in her new house in Brentwood. Okay. So they were, my mom was still living in 882, though. Talking wow. about quotes, though, George Jacobs, and I love this quote, said that one of Frank's favorite girlfriends was Jeannie Carmen, who had one of the most perfect figures in Hollywood. So many people said that, and I I can see why. I, can I see didn't why. get those long legs. <laughs> Unfortunately, I got the face, but not the long legs. <laughs> how did you... Now, Marilyn died. There was the controversy around how she died, and your mom gets a tip almost... That says, best if you leave town, Jeannie. Mm-hmm. Talk to me a, bit, a little bit about that. Okay, here's what happened. And and it's it's so unfortunate. It's so sad. Not just what happened to Marilyn, but the fact that the public didn't get to hear the true story. And what happened is... So I'll, let me just start, because it's kind of a long mm-hmm. process. A week before Marilyn died, she went to the Cal Neva Lodge in Lake Tahoe. It was owned by Frank Sinatra. Frank invited her to the Cal Neva because uh, she had just been fired from the movie Something's Gotta Give. She was depressed. And she, she thought she was going to get together with Frank, actually. Mm. JFK had broken off his relationship with her. Bobby Kennedy had broken off his relationship with her. She was really her. depressed. So Frank invited her up to the Cal Neva. Mm. Well, Sam G. and Connor was there. Frank was a very good friend of Sam G. and Connor. Sam Giancana hated the Kennedys. They were trying to put him right. and his buddies in jail. So Marilyn got very drunk very that weekend drunk. on pills. And Marilyn was the kind of person that... Wanted to make everybody happy she wanted, and love her. Yeah, people to love yeah. her. And Frank told her to be nice to Sam. And, and She regretted it. She possibly... She got together mm. with him. So she ended up having sex with Sam Giancana at the County of a one week before she died. One week. Oh, wow. So she tells Sam all this stuff about her and JFK oh. and Bobby Candy. The perfect melting pot for something to happen so you want me to go on yeah yeah no no (laughs) okay so she comes back to la the next weekend the mob had wiretapped marilyn's house she had this big blow up that weekend with bobby kennedy right he came to la he came to see her at her house in brentwood to tell her to get rid of the diary to tell her that he could not see her anymore that it was getting too hot that it was over Marilyn was very emotional you know they had a fight he left Um, you know they pushed her It, it, it was not good so later that night she went to bed she called Peter Lawford Okay. Peter Lawford was JFK's brother in law he was married to his sister Peter had a house in Santa Monica a party house Peter knew Frank Sinatra, he knew JFK, he knew all the girls, he knew my mom. Peter loved setting people up. Mm -hmm. He didn't necessarily try to make out with Marilyn or a lot of these, but he loved... He loved hooking up his Hollywood friends. Some guys love hooking their buddies. Why not? Why not? I've got the girls, I know who to call. I still have friends that I hooked up 20 years ago and still together. You know who they always think of? Me. Same with them. Same with... Peter Lawford. Sure, yeah. They always went to him for dates. So Marilyn, you know, they fought. She called Peter Lawford, and she was on, you know, had you know had been drinking that night at her, mm-hmm. her she house. She was always drinking. <laughs> and Peter became disturbed, and he it didn't sound good because mm-hmm. then she just stopped talking. So he called his attorney. They called Mrs. Murray, who was Marilyn's housekeeper. Sit, go check. Yeah. So they went to Marilyn's house again around 10 o'clock at night, after 10, 10.30. Another terrible fight. Bobby was going crazy, saying, where is it? Where's the diary? Mm. 
I need anything that, you know, I need this evidence that could link me to, he was panicking. Right, to die. Uh, And understandably, if you're Bobby Kennedy, Mm -hmm. right. Right. And they, even though it says that she died on the August 5th, she could have died before 12 12 a.m., 12 midnight. Mm -hmm. And if she did die before 12 midnight, because there was a time span there they don't know, then that means she would have actually died on my mom's birthday, which is August 4th. So That's she may weird. have died on, on the birthday, birthday of her best friend. Yeah. Wow. Is that crazy? Wow. So, okay. So Bobby and Peter leave for the last time around 11 o'clock at night. And her house had been wiretapped. Mm. You know, the mob was listening. They realized, Sam realized they had to act right now. So they sent some killers in mm. to give Marilyn an overdose. And what they did is they gave her a chloral hydrate enema? nembutal-laced mm-hmm. enema. Yeah, it's scary, huh? Must have been not a pretty evening. <laughs> it's horrible. This is horrible. But, you know, you have to go back now to the forensic evidence, which all supports this. There were no pills in Maryland's esophagus, no pills in her stomach. If you kill yourself, you die before they all dissolve. It's it's a cut and dry. And yet there's of, been this controversy for 55 yeah. years, though. And here's what happened. So Marilyn got whacked that night. My mom's apartment was broken into. Uh, this guy named Fred Otash, who was a private detective, is the one who broke into her house. Mm-hmm. He threw her to the ground. He pointed a gun at her. He said, Jeannie, this is it. You need to leave town. You know too much. So she left town. She was gone. Yeah. For like 20 years 20 years almost yeah i read 18 years that she moved to arizona and basically uh, didn't tell anyone that she was Jeannie carmen right she just totally started a new life did you know dyed her hair back brown yeah. didn't talk about her and former she was life rediscovered later again in life like even when we came back to the fred otash um the detective uh-huh. i was i had an accident when i was 15 years old and my mom was there by my side my mom had people like Fred Hotash come into the hospital to visit me. Is that crazy? Wow. What made her decide to finally leave the hiding and, and come back to California? Because she moved to Arizona for right. almost 18 years. Was she out there yeah. the whole time? And it was a tiny... Arizona was so small. Scottsdale was, oh, like was this. Small. Not like it is today. It was just Not a, a tiny, golfing resort yeah. mecca. No. I mean, there were actually tumbleweeds that would blow down the street when you would get And fireflies. Wow. So... She got a job just completely different as a cocktail waitress at this uh, cowboy bar club called Rawhide out on the outskirts. Oh, it was of town. cool though for back in those All, days. You know, going like... from the country to New York to Hollywood right. to Vegas to go to into like, the tumbleweeds it was, it was to cool. hanging out with the cowboys. Right. You know what I mean? And these were tough guys, but and they were you know they and she because she had me in her forties later in life, and they never did it back then in the seventies. So I right. oh yeah, so I was that's like, late back then. Even though she was, even though all my friends had twenty-year-old parents, my mom <laughs> was the oldest, but she was the coolest. And even when she did the cocktail waitress at Rawhide, there were younger cocktail waitresses. But she had her garter belt on, and she would make tips galore. You know why? Because she had the she energy, was, yeah, right? Was, People want that, energy. Yeah. yeah. I, it was crazy. I mean, <laughs> she was like grandma coming to all my school functions. <laughs> but she was the coolest. She was in her 50s when I was in grade school, and my friends had parents in their 20s, and she was the coolest. Now, how did you find out that, hey, my mom, that I know as my mom, really had this past life? Well, let we me knew just. She was a model, but not so big. Okay. So you Let me just back up just a little bit sure. more back to Rawhide. You oh, said, okay. why did she leave mm. Arizona and come back yes, to California? Right. So, 1975, I believe it was, um, Sam Giancana got murdered in his house mm. in outside of Chicago. And it turns out that it was actually Johnny Roselli who whacked. Sam. And Johnny Roselli was the one that had picked her up hitchhiking right. all those years, years ago. ago. Yeah. So Johnny did it over Marilyn Monroe because all you think the years, so? yeah, it had eaten away at him because it was like, you know, if you're in the mob and you get whacked, you're in the mob and you know it when you get in the mob. And so nobody really feels sorry for it. So he was, he, he killed Sam to in essence uh, make make him pay for killing Marilyn is yeah. is that yeah. that's a theory 
so there was another mobster this was all coming down around there was a lot of intense mm. hearings going on in Washington over the murder of JFK mm. so Sam had been subpoenaed by Congress Johnny had been subpoenaed by Congress to testify before this church committee about the assassination of JFK mm -hmm. and whether the mob was involved. So there was another mobster from Florida named Santo Traficante who didn't like what was happening. It was too much publicity. He didn't like all this attention being focused on the mob. He wanted Sam to be killed. So he asked Johnny to do it. Johnny wouldn't have done it for that reason, but because of what happened to Marilyn, yeah. he said he would do it. It gets, it gets so weird. There, there's wild. between, I was going to say, between the mob and the you know FBI investigations that were going on, the, the death of JFK and mm -hmm. the death of Marilyn, I mean, there was so much drama back then. So Johnny called my mom up in Arizona, and she's mm -hmm. like, whoa, how'd you find me? And he's like, we just know. You know what I mean? And he said, meet me in Vegas. So I went with her. I was a little kid at the time. And we met Johnny. Wow. And we stayed at the Sands Hotel. And I'll never forget this. We went to dinner at the Dunes Hotel. So you went to dinner with him as well? Wow. I was a kid. And they had this restaurant there called the Dome of the Sea. Okay. And Vegas always did things big, even back then. So they had like a clover field little pond in the middle of this fancy restaurant this with a mermaid playing a harp on a platform and she had blonde hair and it was over she was. she was topless and it was kind of over her boob. And she young. would play the harp and it would kind of float back and forth across the pond to different sides of the restaurant. So they're talking, Johnny and my mom, I don't care what they're talking about. I'm checking out the <laughs> with the blonde hair. She's a cool woman in the harp in the, the pool, right? <laughs> And Johnny noticed it, and he said, uh, hey, I think the kid likes the broad with the fishtail. <laughs> and then he told me, he said, hey, kid, he said, you want me to have the mermaid girl meet you in your room tonight? And my mom's like, I was just kidding. I know, she's like, Johnny, come on. He's way too young for that. You were like nine or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm like, hey, I'm oh, she was cool. Even, even when she was doing that play, the play um and later in life yeah there was this guy that was the star of this movie i'm not gonna say it but he was at the play screening and i was like 15 she's like and she had said something that i had thought he was cute i come out of the bathroom and the guys are waiting for me would like to escort me out of the bathroom i'm like mom what did you say i was only like 15 but he was like hi and my mom said my daughter has a crush on you or something i can't oh believe gosh. she did it but she didn't want <laughs> she just wanted me to meet him and stuff and i got a picture with him oh. and i was all excited she was really cool even in the later years so well, okay so after the dome of the sea johnny basically said you don't have to worry anymore mm. now. That Sam's How many left. years later was this? This was like 1975, I think. Okay. And she had left Hollywood when? Um, in, in 62. 60, yeah. Right. right okay. so, good 15 years almost. Yeah. yeah. So after that, she's like, well, I, you know, I'm done with the little cowboy town. and But I don't necessarily want to go right into the heart of Hollywood. Mm. So she picked Newport Beach. Okay. And that's where we were raised. That's where we went to high school. So I had never seen any of her movies. The internet didn't exist. Nobody showed old movies in Newport Beach. But we knew she was, we knew she modeled, kind of. Okay. We didn't know how intense it was. Though. I mean, when me and my brother, when she died, we went through all her stuff. To, and we, we discovered like hundreds of magazines she was on the cover of. Wow. Hundreds. I mean, and some people said she would never model. So what was she what doing? What was she doing on a hundred magazine covers, we right? We saw hundreds yeah. and of them. Wow. You know, she mentioned being in movies, so I said, well, throw a title at me. Mm -hmm. So she said, well, I was in this movie called The Monster of Piedras Blancas. I'm okay. like, what? Never heard of the monster. No, I never met anyone in Newport <laughs> Beach who had heard of The Monster of Piedras. So there's no pictures of it. I've never heard of it. I can't. Is it real or is it right. not? So we were at a record store one day in Costa Mesa and we're flipping through the used record bin and I saw this punk album by the Angry Samoans and it had a picture of a monster holding a severed head like this. So I grabbed it and I said, hey mom, look at this, just to scare her. And no. She, she went, oh, that's oh the monster God. from my movie. She goes, I said, what? So I'm looking at it, but there's no credit anywhere on it. She's like, that's, 
That's monsters. my movie. Oh wasn't, my gosh. Wasn't so the rock stars, it was it had a cult following unbeknownst to us. Wasn't the monster suit so tight or something the guy died after? We actually yeah. have we have a clip of oh, that, yeah. um, okay. the monsters of Petrus Blancas. And the interesting thing about this movie is it's coming out September thirteenth on Blu-ray. On Blu-ray. Oh, so DVD. yeah, that's that. It turns out this is a beloved a cool, classic. Some vindication. It's an old cult yes. Classic. Yeah, yeah. It's, and and uh, I think you were saying you were we were talking a little bit before we uh, we sat down, and you were saying that a clip of it even showed up in the new release of Greece. Oh the yeah, of Greece in the that, drive-in theater part, we right. was playing in the drive-in movie theater. The musical that Fox did. Yeah, the, the new the yeah, new version. They swapped yeah. it yeah. out when Danny and uh, Danny and um, uh, Sandy. Sandy, Sandy yeah. are in the. In the and we just, we just played by the original yeah. Greece Julia had Huff. a cartoon. Yeah, right. yeah, had a cartoon. I was sitting there watching it, talking to my cousin in Denver, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, that's, that's mom!" And I, I called my brother up and I'm like, "Turn on the TV right away." They used the whole clip. I couldn't believe it. Now the interesting thing is, once she came to Orange County. Mm-hmm. She actually started finding herself in the Hollywood once again because I've seen pictures of her with Tom Hanks mm-hmm. and with you know some just really prominent people she and started and doing commercials. Paris Hilton, yeah, yeah, yeah. She so did a couple commercials. Here's what happened. You know, we're having a great time, mm-hmm. Newport Beach, little rich kids town filled with surfers. Sure. Nobody's really into old movies down no there. No one knew about no, her, so we never really, you know, we were into our own. Yeah, yeah. Know, we were surfers, and you were, you know, teenagers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Know, we're, we're into surfers. We're and listening stuff. to Duran Duran and stuff like that. We're into the eighties <laughs> yeah. scene. We're not. I don't care about nineteen fifties movies, no, right? No. We, we went to Duran Duran Saturday night. That's why he mentioned it. We were third row. <laughs> wow, it's so amazing. So, what happened is around nineteen eighty two, the L.A. Uh, district attorney decided to reopen the case to look again into the death of Marilyn Monroe because nobody ever investigated it. <laughs> it was a different world back then. It was before Dateline, before 48 Hours Mystery. Whatever the authorities told you, you accepted and you didn't question it. Exactly. That was it. So the district attorney decides to reopen the case and then there was an investigative journalist in England named Anthony Summers and he came to L.A to do a small article for a, a London newspaper mm-hmm. about this investigation. And he realized that there was so much to this story and that it had never been investigated that he decided to stay in LA and do a book. He was a real journalist, a trained journalist. So he spent a couple of years wow. and some di- mm-hmm. he's the one Andy. who first found out about my mom, tracked down her relationship with Marilyn, and, and kind I of was, brought that to yeah. light for her again after 20, 25 yeah. years. She was Before the internet, how well. he did this, I'll never know. Right. But we got a call at our house in Newport Beach, and I was a teenager. I answered the phone, and it was a man with a British accent. And he said, I'd like to talk to an actress named Jeannie Carmen. I said, oh, that's my mom. Now, did she go by the name Jeannie Carmen mm-hmm. when you were oh, yeah. Ray, when you were always, growing up? And but was, she was just in Arizona. Nobody yeah, that didn't exactly. register. And it was after high school then. Right. Like, like... We were more popular after high school yeah. because of our mom, because no one really knew our mom in those days. It was after high school she got discovered. Now we're more popular, because, but not in high school, really. Right, yeah. So, so you get the call and you say, Mom, someone's on the so, phone for you. Yeah, yeah. so he said, Out of the I, blue. I said, that's my mom. And, you know, being a little nosy, I said, what do you want to talk to her about? And you know, or, <laughs> he said, I'd like to ask her some questions being about Marilyn Monroe. And I'm like, what? <laughs> So I went and I said, Mom, I said, there's somebody on the phone who wants to talk to you about Marilyn Monroe. And she's like, just froze. And she's like, I said, what's going on? And she talked to him. She met him. He wrote the best book ever written on Marilyn. It's Mm -hmm. called Goddess, The Secret Lives of Marilyn Monroe. And he mentioned my mom in it. So then this is the biggest tragedy of all. With regard to the public, knowing Mm -hmm. what happened is 2020 decides to do a full-blown investigation TV uh, show Mm -hmm. on Anthony Summers' book, Goddess. Okay. They cover it, the whole thing. They sent a whole crew to Los Angeles. They came down. They got my mom. She went with these reporters all over Hollywood, interviewing all the main people. Mrs. Murray was still alive. They tracked Mrs. Murray down. They took my mom with her. My mom walked in, shook hands with Mrs. Murray. Uh, 
Mrs. Murray just froze when she saw her. She's like, oh, my God. It's been so many years. So many years They tracked down the ambulance driver. I didn't really get to this part of it, but when Marilyn... The night Marilyn died. died, Mm -hmm. There was an ambulance because Peter and Bobby came back, and she was still alive when they found her. They called uh, an ambulance. Sure, yeah. They took her in the ambulance. Bobby got in the ambulance, and and they were taking her to Santa Monica Hospital, and she died on the way to Santa Monica Hospital. They realized... Your career is over, right. Bobby did. Yeah. And that's when they brought her back and put her back in bed. And finally called Dr. Grainson at 3.30, and that has become... And he thought he was the so one So that's who found where it. the time thing is. There's, where a, my, there's my, three, four-hour time lapse. Where she possibly, probably died on my mom's birthday. Wow. So anyway, you know, now we're in the 80s, 2020s, doing this big show. They found... The owner of the Schaefer Ambulance Company, Walt Schaefer, they had him on camera saying, yes, an ambulance went to Marilyn's house. Jeez. She was alive when we found it. They have all this. The public's never and seen this. this had never come out. No, this had never come out. They tracked down the ambulance driver. They found him uh, in L.A., and he ran when they got out of the car to talk to him. And he ran to this hotel room that he was staying at, motel, and he wouldn't open the door. And the 2020 crew was banging on the door saying, why won't you come out and talk Because to I us? believe they had everything set up even for an ambulance. Wow. Like, wasn't there no ambulance that left any hospital that night? Mm, I don't that know. Went that went to that address? Wasn't it? I don't know. That... The ambulance well, thing is all messy. Well, Walt Schaefer, who owned the Schaefer ambulance, said on camera yeah. that they sent an ambulance yeah. to Marilyn's house that night. And that she was alive when they found it. They have all this on camera. Mm-hmm. So anyway, they're about to show it. It's going to be the biggest investigative news story since That's going to be coming out now? Well, this was back in the 80s. Okay. And this oh, is why sorry. nobody yeah. knows right. about any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Now there's all these, you know, 50 other theories. Because sure. nobody knows about the original investigation. Because it never aired. So it's about to air. I think it was on on Friday nights back then. And the main reporter from 2020, the head of the investigation, her name was Sylvia Chase, she calls our house in Newport Beach, and she's like, oh, my God. Like, 20 minutes before it's going to air, she's like, Ethel Kennedy is here in the studios in New York, and she's with a team of lawyers, and they're in the head, you know, the head of the news department, Runa. They're in his office Stopping the showing of this. And there's loud talking and yelling going on, and... Rune Arledge ran out at the last minute and said, kill the show. So it was canceled. So nobody heard any of this. Wow. That's, that's. And a bunch of reporters <clears throat> quit. Geraldo Rivera worked for 2020 at the mm-hmm. time. He quit the show over that. He Just because of so the cover. Unfair. Well, there, there is something to be said for journalistic integrity mm-hmm. and, and the truth. Uh, we're going to have to stop okay. you there you see, because so there is so much to talk about. Uh, can you mention that book one more time for our viewers? Because that one is fascinating. Um, the Maryland Book, Goddess, okay. The Secret Lives of Marilyn Monroe by Anthony Summers. Now, can you also tell uh, our audience where they can find more of Jeannie? I know you have a website yeah. dedicated 100% to her. This book, I have a website geniecarmen.com you can go to my website you can send me an email you can call me if you want i don't care um you can get the book on amazon barnesandnoble.com anywhere they sell books online. now because i interrupted you only because we're short on time they didn't show that production right did it ever air has no. it ever aired no, it's never nothing aired. so it's just it's been a aired. massive cover-up so then do you have a Another minute here. Yeah. So, like a year after Geraldo quits 2020, he's trying to get his career going again. He starts tabloid TV with his mm-hmm. own talk show. Mm-hmm. He was and the he first had mom on called the Geraldo show. So he had her on in New York. Yeah, and I went with her. She, they flew. I didn't and get a during the show. Funny. They were talking about dating stars, Elvis mm-hmm. and stuff, and Frank Sinatra. He told the audience. He said, "We, Jeannie, you know, during our investigation of Marilyn Monroe's life and death." He said, we discovered that you were the closest female friend Marilyn ever had that wasn't a, an actress or an employee. Mm-hmm. In other words, you weren't a friend. A, picking up a right. paycheck yeah. for being around her. Yeah. And he said, that would have made you her best friend. Hmm. Which is where the this and then mm-hmm. all the these weird fans thing. have like because there on is a little bit of controversy as to whether yeah. or not they knew each other well, and they were friends. All started by third party. I mean, they lived next door to each other. Eight eight two Doheny. They didn't know each right. other. That's that's ridiculous. Right. You know, it's... she knows knew so many stars and hung out with so many stars when I was a kid. I want to tell our viewers, our listeners, that this was a really really fun read. 
It's broken down into chapters of everyone that she met through the course of her life. So because I went to film school and I have more of a filmic way of writing, I wanted it to be read more like a movie. Mm -hmm. So I broke it down instead of chronological order, whoever you like, whether it's Elvis or JFK or Marilyn, there's a chapter just on that person. Mm And you can read just about that. Right, so it's right. a little different. I wish we had more time because there's yeah. so much more to talk about. And you're so cool. Oh. <laughs> you know what? I also heard a rumor quickly before we wrap up that you're working on a biopic yes. for this book or yes. for her life. Yes. And you have been tossing around some names uh, to play Jeannie Carmen. Uh, I've heard Christina Aguilera. I have heard Scarlett Johansson, perhaps. That's so nice. That, that would be great. So can we expect this to be coming out over the next few years? Are you yes, working on this absolutely. actively? absolutely. I've had offers on it, but you know, the thing with Hollywood, and I'll just tell you this really quick. Sure. Got invited to the Playboy Mansion by some producers a couple years ago. Yeah. Oh, they wanted to do it. Half, we had dinner with half. There was like eight people there. Half is the <laughs> nicest man in the world. He knew my mom. He loved her. He took pictures with yeah. me. Anyway, later we had movie night. Yeah. Uh, later on, these guys took me out on the driveway at night after we had been drinking, and this one guy pops his briefcase on the driveway of the Playboy Mansion and gets a contract and a pen light and says, Brandon, sign right here. We're going to get this movie out. Woo. I'm like, what? No. Then he tries to give me like pot. He's like, here, smoke this. Smoke this and then sign. Uh, yeah, Brandon like, went to USC film school, so it's a good Right. A good screenplay. Wow, I'm so, excited for this one. I mean, I was so, excited to read the book. I'm I didn't the, smoke the joint and I didn't sign the contract. But <laughs> I, I was think, I was calling him saying, "Do not right, take anything from strangers." Anything. I'm going to keep calling you. Don't because they were trying. However, no, they wanted I, the rights to. Just it. for the record, I don't think Half had anything to do. No, Half okay. didn't. I mean, obviously, he, he it was, was someone else. So, is it in production now, or is it is is the screenplay written? No, the screenplay is written. It is, and it doesn't. All right. I don't really get into the Maryland. I get into the more of the mob and the golfing stuff, which I want it to be a fun movie, not a sad movie. We're going to keep an eye out for the movie. We do have to let you go. I'm so terribly sorry. It was a pleasure having you here. The book again is Jeannie Carmen: My Wild Wild Life, available on Amazon, Mm -hmm. and uh, you can find out more. What's the website again? JeannieCarmen.com. There you go, JeannieCarmen.com. This was Book Circle Online. Thank you for watching, Jade. Thank you for being here. Brandon, so nice to meet you finally in person. And uh, you can remember to share this video with your friends. You can find us at bookcircleonline.com. You can also find us on iTunes and on YouTube. Thanks for being with us, and we'll see you again next time. Thanks. From managing editor Jason Squamata, executive producers Maria Menounos, Phil Svitek, and Kevin Undergaro, we would like to thank you for tuning in to Book Circle Online. For more discussion, go to bookcircleonline.com. And if you have comments, questions, or book title suggestions, write us at info at bookcircleonline.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this is Book Circle Online. BCO, join the circle.